Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Chloe Thomas about how she helps businesses grow their e-commerce brands. Chloe is a best-selling author, international speaker, and host of both the award-winning e-commerce master plan and Keep Optimizing podcasts. Chloe is one of the top 30 e-commerce influencers in 2021, and her podcasts are regularly included in lists of the top e-commerce and marketing podcasts in the world. Chloe has been in e-commerce since 2003, and there's barely a part of the e-commerce landscape that she has not gotten involved with. One thing she's always done is solve an e-commerce marketing problem. Welcome, Chloe. Hello. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks for being with us today. So can you give us kind of like a journey about how you became an entrepreneur and where you are today? Sure. So it's been a while. I um, I started my marketing career in 2002, so uh, 20 years ago now with a bank where essentially I learned not to work for a bank. Uh, and then I got into e-commerce and retail in 2004, and I've been doing that ever since. I became a business owner in 2007, kind of by accident, when the boss of the company where I was head of e-commerce across a number of brands decided we should turn what I did into a standalone agency. And then I kind of took that over from him two years on, and then I really became a boss. And I think almost every year since then, I've become more of an entrepreneur. You know, you think you you are fully in control of your own destiny, and then uh, and then you realize you really weren't, and something else happens. Um, and then it's been it's been a you know a interesting time since then. So I spent ten years running a marketing agency, uh, doing predominantly Google ads and Facebook ads, but also email marketing and all kinds of other digital marketing. And I uh, spent five years trying to leave that. And what I do now is my exit strategy from that, which is now I, I try and help as many e-commerce business owners and marketers to solve the problems in their business as possible each year. Doing that via uh, the podcast we put out uh, and the books I write and various appearances at various things. So, yeah, I'm not sure if that's enough or not or too much, Virginia, but, but ask me if you want to know more. Well. And it's you. So there we go. Can't ever be too wrong, right? <laughs> so it sounds like you've got a lot of things going on. Um, not as many as I've had at times in the past. I mean, I was running this business alongside uh, my agency for four or five years, and that was that was challenging. But now it it's it's an endless, endless job of trying to streamline it down a little bit more to make it a little bit more straightforward. Hmm. So true. So you focus on creating content and sales sponsorships now. Is that kind of more of the route that you're taking? Yeah, the, I've reached the point where I'm I'm lucky enough as of tail end of last year to have stopped doing any consulting or any coaching. Now, that might not be the scenario for forever, but at the moment, it's brilliant to be able to concentrate purely on creating and improving our content platforms which are primarily podcasts and we have done the occasional virtual summit in the past and now to be working on making those better for our audience for us and also for our sponsors which is where the great majority of the income comes from these days gotcha so how do you get in front of those ideal clients so the the ideal sponsors it's 
it would be an awful lot easier if I could explain it shortly <laughs> but I'm still working it out I guess I think some of it is because I'm lucky enough to be have been in this industry for nearly 20 years so relatively well known I have some good contacts already I've also was lucky enough to start doing e-commerce podcasting back in 2015 when there weren't many of us doing it so we benefited from all those years of being the only ones around we've got the big listenership so so the podcast the, you know our main podcast is pretty well known in the industry several of the pod, e-commerce podcasts don't take sponsors which you know is very handy because it reduces the amount of space there is available to sponsor so we are we're lucky enough that the majority of it currently is inbound of people wanting to sponsor the podcast and from existing contacts. So when you're getting sponsors for your podcasts, do they cover, what kind of aspects do they cover? Do they just like buy like space for an ad in your show or do they, how do you run that aspect of it? I mean, it's all selling ads. That's what we sell them is ads. We don't allow the the sponsors to dictate our content. So we're editorially free, I suppose. And our typical sponsor would be a SaaS business or a software business selling to an e-commerce business. So um, a lot of our listeners are Shopify using Shopify or Magento or WooCommerce. So a company who is looking to sell to them is the type of company we're selling to and we're giving them ads. What kind of so you have your listeners for your content and stuff. Do you feel like you kind of solve certain themes within your episodes um yeah i mean we it's, it's an interesting scenario to be doing the sponsorship piece because the people who give us money are not the people we create the content for so you've always got these kind of two in the inverted commas customer groups that you're interested in so we've got to keep things relevant and sponsorable and you know build the relationships with the sponsors but almost the more important group are the actual audience who listens to the show and for them, we on the, the e-commerce master plan show, which is our primary podcast, it's all about inspiration and showing them what other people are doing. So I'm equally as happy if they get to an end of an episode and they like, oh, cool, what we're doing is all right. As I am, if they get to an end of an episode, you go, oh, my God, that's amazing. We should be trying that because it, I've, I've always found over the years that e-commerce business owners and probably all business owners and marketers to be honest are always worried they've missed out on something or worried they don't know the secret thing about the thing they're doing so by sh by sharing interviews with people who are also running e-commerce businesses which is what we do on the show then they get those lessons and they get that insight in a very easy to consume way I mean, we're currently running a survey with the audience at the moment and pretty much none of them listen to the show when they're sat at their desk, they're walking or they're in the shower. Someone listens to me in the shower, which is quite bizarre. Or they're out and about doing things whilst they're listening. So it's about that kind of that story aspect and the inspiration. And then on our other show, we're a bit more content focused or clear content focused, which is the Keep Optimizing podcast, where each month we focus on a different marketing method. And each episode, I get on a different expert to talk about that marketing method. So we might do a whole month on Facebook ads and talk to five different Facebook agencies across the month or 
Uh, we're going to have a month coming up on TikTok soon where we're going to get different people with different ways of increasing your sales on TikTok. So that's a lot more structured, whereas I suppose e-commerce master plan is more the typical business interview podcast where it just changes from week to week. Keeps them guessing, right? Yeah. So you've had a pretty interesting journey thus far. What are some of the big goals that you're looking to achieve in the next year or two? It's always such a tough question to answer. I'm so terrible at goal setting. I I probably shouldn't admit to that, but I am. I am the person who will spend, you know, a couple of days working out the goals, format it really beautifully. I might even print it out and put it on the wall and then I'll forget what it was. And six months later, redo the whole process. (laughs) But what we are, what I am really working quite hard on at the moment is I've got, I know, 10 years worth of content. I've got five books. I've got over 500 podcast episodes. I've got multiple courses. I've got, oh, who knows how many presentations I've given at different things. And I figure there's a lot of gold in that heap of stuff that we need to mine. So I'm currently looking at how we can kind of get a bit clearer on what the business is trying to achieve to try and make, I suppose the the end goal is more money for less effort which I suppose is everybody's goal, it's quite likely to be everybody's goal, but he's trying to be a bit, bit about strategic about actually achieving that and try and focus in on the areas that are generating the revenue and build new areas to generate more revenue from the target customers. So I can't tell you it will be X pounds a month in 2025, but it's certainly that and then the, it's certainly uh, exponentially growing our sales without exponentially growing the amount of effort because I'm very determined to stay as a one-person business with just brilliant freelancers around me and then the the kind of like the subplot to all of that is sustainability or more importantly the drive to net zero and the um, the the protection I suppose of the human friendly planet which we do seem to be destroying at a rate of knots because I work in an industry which is awful in climate terms you know fundamentally to save the the human friendly planet we need to consume less so I think as you know when I had my kind of crisis moment about all of that I nearly quit it all and then I went no I want to be someone on the inside forcing us to do better rather than just give up and go and try and do something different because I think e-commerce marketers e-commerce business owners have got a moral duty to use our skills to help consumers make this shift in buying behavior and I'm still not quite sure how the best way of doing that is. But at the moment, we're just trying to to wake up our audience to realise they need to be considering this more and more and more, but in subtle ways so they don't stop listening. So they stop listening. I have no impact at all. So true. <laughs> yeah. So you had said that you're kind of maybe not focused so much on goals, but like to say short term goal aspects. So that like, why do you think we should? focus more on the long-term aspects of things and not necessarily all those quick wins that lots of people tend to focus on I'm still a big fan of quick wins because they get you towards the bigger goals but I think one of the the, the problems I've found one thing that hasn't I don't think has led me to be quite as fulfilled as I should have been in my business over the last few years is that I haven't had a big goal to aim for you know there was escape the agency that kept me going for a few years then there was uh so that you know when I've sold the agency which was tail end of it was the very beginning of 2017 it was 
can e the business e-commerce master plan, which was various things at the time, can it make money, which I proved in year one it could, then it was can it make money in a way that makes me happy. Took me a couple of years to prove that. And now I've just kind of been floating around being happy and making some money. So I think, you know, and, and within all of that time, there were short term goals and short term aims. Let's see if we can get the podcaster here. Here's this month's sales target, this quarter's sales target and so forth. And, you know, mini projects. But I think you need that longer term goal piece to give you some direction. You know, you can you can achieve a lot of short term goals without actually improving anything. And I, although, as I said, I'm quite bad at setting a goal and then ignoring it. The when I have, sorry, I think that's a consequence of setting the wrong goal. And I think once I have a good goal, then I find it much more inspiring, much more straightforward. It becomes much easier to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. So that bigger goal, the two to three year goal, is you know is something I find certainly certainly helps me and I have missed having one over the last couple of couple of years so it's quite exciting that I'm close to working out what the next one is in a in slightly more solid format than just do slightly less and make a lot more <laughs> something more tangible yeah exactly so do you have any tips for making goals or setting goals that get us excited I think the one I've tried loads of methods of doing this over the years and what I found is you need to um, understand yourself and what makes you tick so uh, if we take it down to the simplicity of setting sales targets you know that rock solid goal that you've got to be hitting every month every week every quarter or your business stops existing a lot of um, kind of like true brilliant salespeople will set really aspirational goals you know like all right we did 20 this month so let's do 40 next month and they get really excited and really inspired by the 20 you know by by doubling it and trying to go for something crazy um that is the best way in the world to demotivate me so uh i have to go right oh we did 20 this month well let's set a target of maybe 20 for next month or 19 even so my goals tend to be the almost like a minimum viable product scenario let's set the set chloe's sales goals to be the lowest she needs to achieve in order to break even because i find if i do that i'm usually achieving it by the second or third week of the month and then i feel really pleased with myself and inspired and driven to continue and the sales just keep going up but it took me it took me many years to work out how to manage the sales goals to keep myself motivated and I think that goes you know with with the whole goal setting piece is you have to work out what works for you for some people it's very much numbers based or or it's very aspirational or it's very story based or it's a Pinterest board or you know maybe about what that enables you to do rather than the actual thing itself so I think I think within all this waffle my key tip for setting goals would be to work out the way in which you need to set them, the type of goals you need to set to inspire and motivate yourself. Because if the goal's not doing that, then it's an absolutely pointless goal. Right. There's no sense in having it if it's not going to do anything. Exactly. Especially if it if it demotivates you. you know, if you come into the office each week, each day, even and you look on the wall and you see you're going, oh, my God, how am I ever going to hit that? It's probably not a good goal to have. <laughs> right. 
So you have your podcasts. What else do you do to stand out online? I'm currently going for it on LinkedIn. We seem to, it seems to be the the easiest social media platform to play around with at the moment. I mean, I mean you know, I'm not the greatest at, cre- at taking photographs of myself or uh, creating videos of myself. So the fact of being able to just, um, just write on LinkedIn is brilliant. Uh, so yeah, LinkedIn seems to be quite an easy one to make really work for you currently. So that's where we're putting a lot of our marketing effort is on increasing my followership, increasing the visibility of our posts on LinkedIn and trying to tailor the content to appeal less to our podcast audience and more to our sponsorship audience. That's a shift I'm I'm working on at the moment, but I haven't quite worked out exactly what the right content is um, because it's got to be a bit of a, for the audience, you talk about the podcasts, for the sponsors you don't talk about the sponsorship so it's like oh right brain's got to do some lateral leaping here so we'll we'll work that out so we're doing a lot on that and then the other thing I do to get visibility is I speak at an awful lot of virtual events and real world events when it's possible to get to them so um yeah just looking at the the calendar for the autumn I'm already booked in a lot of big online events which uh which builds that visibility in front of both audiences to be honest which is true hey and at least with the virtual events, you don't have to worry about traveling everywhere and being really tired and time zones and things like that. Well, we as part of our quest towards net zero, we are as a business, I no longer as a business and as a human, I no longer fly anywhere. So time zones isn't really a problem unless I'm getting a train across Europe. And the then the the travel within the UK, we're doing all of that on public transport and then carbon offsetting and getting the client to carbon offset when I go and speak at things which only adds about 10 pounds to each trip but it's worth getting it out there in people's minds I think and then I've just switched my car to an electric car so the drive to the station is now better for the planet as well so the the travel thing from the the time zones and the carbon side of it we've reduced a lot from the it taking I live um four and a half hours from London on a good run if all the trains run on time and I get to the you know I do well on my drive to the station so it's speaking at an event in London is it's a two day two days out of the office and one of the things I found during the pandemic was how lovely it is to be in the office so the disruption of trips is something I am actively reducing so face-to-face events I'm attending an awful lot less than I did pre-pandemic and that is an entirely strategic decision because it's just so disruptive to the business for the amount of benefit it gets back so I'm being very careful at what what face-to-face activity I do now which makes sense right yeah it was it was one of the biggest learnings of the pandemic was oh my god it's so good for the business when I'm here every day and so much better for me as well Hmm. what's some of the best advice that you've ever received Um, this is uh, it's generally been the times when someone's told me to take a step back and actually look at the value of what I'm doing so what the return on investment of effort or money etc is and the first oh okay moment I had when someone did that was my first ever job in retail where I was working for a company who sold gifts inspired by history So we did Victorian stuff and we did uh, Celtic stuff and all this kind of thing. And 
my I had a phone call and we had some money left in the budget and the phone call was to sponsor the hoardings at a rugby league game in the north of the of the country. And I got super excited about this and went to the marketing director. I went, Jim, Jim, we got this opportunity to be on telly. I've got the money in the budget. Can we do it? And he just looked at me and went, oh, is that going to put it in front of our target market? I went, no. But right. Should we do it? I went, no. <laughs> it was just like this kind of crazy light bulb moment. But there's been a lot of those over the years of people just going, hold on a minute. Is there any point in you doing this? I'm like, oh, no. So that's always been where the where the best piece of advice have come from was when someone's kind of stopped me in my tracks and gone, hold on a minute. Is this a good idea, Chloe? Um, and almost give me permission to say no, I suppose, in some ways. Yeah, it might be a fun idea, but it might not be the best idea. Exactly. So what's the best advice you've ever given? That is such a hard question to answer because, you know, for the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, my one of my primary roles has been to advise people, whether it's clients or it was my team when we had the agency or my team and clients, et cetera, and, you know, and sponsors and the podcast audience. So I dish out an awful lot of advice. So I, uh, if it's OK, I'm going to twist it slightly. I will give a piece of advice, but this is not may not be the best piece of advice I've, I've ever given. But it is the thing which I give out to people the most, which is you have to keep optimizing, which, yes, is the name of my podcast but before that. And still, it's my own personal mantra, because I find um, and for me, keep optimizing is about two things. One, it's about remembering that you don't have to make it perfect before you put it live because you need the feedback to work out what perfect actually is so stop procrastinating on making it perfect and just put it live and see what happens and then optimize and then the flip side of it which is probably the bigger piece of advice is no marketing was ever great the first time you did it you have to keep optimizing it and you should be looking at your ad accounts daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly to see what improvements you can make. Uh, and this one, you know, one of the one of the biggest things we did in the agency was uh, Google advertising for people and the number of Google ads accounts I logged into over the course of 10 years. And I have friends who run agencies and this is still the case now. You log in, you look at it, someone put it live. It's spending, I don't know, a thousand dollars a week. And no one's logged in in six months and changed anything. You are just giving money away. You know, you've not optimized it to work well for you. You've just gone, oh, we're doing Google ads, tick. And it's the same with Facebook ads. It's the same with any marketing channel you have to optimize. So that is the advice I give people most is keep optimizing your marketing activity. All of it, always. And to be honest, the rest of your business, too. I like how you're like, it's not just a tick in the box and then walk away, right? Yeah. Yeah, you always have to like keep checking in and monitoring. Nothing's ever finished in business. Ever. Even if you think it's an idea or a product that you'll never sell again, it may come back in three years, six years because it fits for somebody. You know, and certainly none of your marketing methods, none of your website pages are ever, ever finished. So you've just got to put it up there go back review go back review go back review and I like that like get it out there even if it's not perfect because like how many people stop because of it has to be perfect right exactly and you you fundamentally don't know what perfect is until you put it in front of the customer you know the 
the customer has all the answers, not you. And until you you go to them and go, look, I've got this great product. What do you think? So I had um uh, the uh, founder or co-founder of Book B O U Q, which is an online florists in the US, and they created this perfect, amazing business and and website and all the rest of it. And they, after six months of being live they realized that their t- their core customer base was not men buying flowers for women it was women buying flowers for themselves and other women so they had to completely 180 all their marketing activity everything in the business because their customer base was completely different and buying compl- for completely different reasons than what they thought it was going to be they could have procrastinated for a very long time but they wouldn't have found those answers so you have to put it up see what happens and be ready to pivot and change so so you cannot possibly find perfect until you put it in front of the customer yeah so there that takes some of the stress off right (laughs) it does see what's going on (laughs) exactly well i really appreciate you being with us today chloe it's been lovely chatting with you virginia i hope it's helped some of your listeners i think so so is there anything that you would like to share with us that we haven't talked about yet I don't think there is. I think we've talked about an awful lot of things. You've asked me some brilliant questions. Um, so no, I think I think we've covered all the key stuff. Cool. Well, thank you. Where can we go to find out more about you and what you do? Well, you can find everything I'm up to, the podcast, the books and anything else we happen to be up to or trying at any point in time. If you just go to our website, ecommercemasterplan.com. And as I mentioned, we are working really hard on LinkedIn at the moment. I should be pretty easy to find on there. Just head to LinkedIn and search for Chloe Thomas and you should find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Virginia. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review and I'll catch you on the next episode.